Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We're calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now with a general. Um, I don't know when I was with Bishop Jakes. I don't know what meeting I was in. I don't know if I was watching on TV, but he said something like this. He said, I'm concerned about the future of the church because I don't know that we have anyone that's ready to carry it forward. This was maybe about five or 10 years ago. I think um, with you, we've got some people that are ready to carry it forward. This is a man that, I mean, to to many don't need any introduction. Hollywood producer. um, Spoken at Harvard. Right? (laughs) Movies all around the world. I was on Instagram last night. Right on. Thank you. Okay, cool. Did your research. Yeah, you you, you balanced the world of faith and mainstream culture. And, I mean, you've been with the likes of Will Smith, married to Megan Good, who's now making Franklin. Megan Good Franklin. Okay, boom, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're incredible. Devon Thank Franklin, you. ladies and gentlemen, Thank you. Thank you, is in the building. How are you, I'm man? good, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Such Appreciate you. Honor. It's good to see you, man. I love the shoes. Hey, you Can know, a little something-something, right. you know, a little Ferragamo. Right. <laughs> why not? Hey, why not, man? I'm not Wendy Williams, but I'd say, you know, shoe cab. Shoe cab. I don't, cab. Have, I don't have no shoe cab. I don't have yeah, no yeah, you know. Listen, before we jump in, we kick off the show every time with a song. Okay. It's one of your favorite songs right now. Man. All right. So so in terms of song in the spirit, okay. Give me that. Uh, right now, Kirk Franklin, Love Theory. Ooh, you know, that's a good song. It. It's a that's good song. a good song, yeah. In terms of song in that. the world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, hey, we both got both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drake, Money in the Grave. Ooh, Man. nice. Man. I can't play Drake. Man. I will listen to it after this. <laughs> but I'm going to play Kirk Franklin. We'll be back. Brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you back to life. Back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter. Hallelujah. How can it be that you love the most Hallelujah. No greater love makes my heart beat 
I appreciate it. A mystery. It's amazing how. Your patience with me, God will never leave. You don't give up on me. Don't ever leave. Help me. Help me to see. Like you. Like you. No matter what I go through. Hey. Everything's working for my good for a way. Let me tell you what he does. He saves the day. <laughs> And he will. He's no Hallelujah. not what they used to be. Right. But when they were kind of on the tail end of the whole book thing, right before Barnes and Nobles and all these, which Barnes, I think still has some books. I was walking through one mm -hmm. and I was just kind of walking around. They had a Starbucks here and stuff like there. And I was just walking down different aisles and I was looking for books that I might be interested in. And I looked up and at the top of this one case, there was this man And I don't know if it was a yellow cover. It was your first book. Oh, yeah. It was a white cover. Yep. Produced by Faith. Produced by Faith. I said, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this brother? I said, who is this? I said, I, was, I picked it up. I said, Devon Franklin. Huh. And I just put it back. Deep. Uh, a year goes by. And over that year, your name starts popping up everywhere. Your face starts popping up. It was before you was married to me. It yeah. was just, yeah. I said, who is this man? <laughs> And now you can't go anywhere without hearing about Devon Franklin. Wow. It's, I mean, it's insane. I, um, I'm really close with uh, the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. Bernice King. Yeah. And she texted me right before uh, you came in. And she said, I love that panel they just did. I guess it's streaming. 
here oh. at the gathering. Oh, really? And she said, I love Devon Franklin. Wow. I love what he's doing. That's amazing. You're a household name, man. Wow, man. That's incredible. Um, but we know it didn't start where you are now. Nope. No, it didn't. We say around here that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. Amen. I love that. So true. we try to have people on the show that are living in that greater story that you take us from little Devon. <laughs> Up to oh right man, now. How Lord did this have happen? mercy! How much time you got? You know what I mean. Let me make you some tea. You know, um, man. You know, I mean, I, I'm from Northern California. Yeah. You know, from Oakland, uh, from the Bay, middle child of three boys, mm. and um, you know, growing up, I mean, one of the things that was interesting is, as a middle child, I think most middle children are kind of fighting for their place. Mm. The older one, oh, you know, he's the oldest, and the younger one, oh, that's the baby, the middle child. Just, you know, we've just kind of left to right. figure it out. <laughs> um, so growing up, I mean, you know, I, I, um, I had like a temper. I was, you know, just always figured trying a to- temper? Oh, yeah. Wow. Bad, bad. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Um, and I knew that I either wanted to go into entertainment or to play football. Mm. And so that was, those were my two passions from as young as I can remember. I mean, I used to watch, you know, a lot of television. I used to watch music videos. I used to watch, I mean, I used to watch football and would wear a football helmet while watching football. Like that's, that's how much <laughs> I was into it. I was into it. Um, and then so, so a couple of things interesting happened. You know, when I was nine years old, my father died. Hmm. Uh, he was 36. He died of a heart attack. Hmm. And um, that same year that my father died, uh, my uncle, who was in a, a minister in the Adventist faith, hmm. he started an independent ministry, same year. Hmm. And so church really gave me an outlet to process my father's death, not just spiritually, but mm. practically. Like, so church is where I learned how to serve. You know, I had something positive. You know, I would get there early, help open the church. I work with the elders and the deacons, clean up the church, set up for what we we're going to do. We used to have dinner after church. I would go downstairs, put up the tables and chairs, break them down. So church really gave me a positive thing to kind of figure out who I wanted to be relative to the grief that I was having losing my dad. Mm. So I still was not sure if I wanted to go into entertainment, but entertainment also was very helpful. I would watch movies like Color Purple, Back to the Future, Rocky. These films would really inspire me and gave me hope. Yeah. And so freshman year high school, I still was vacillating between do I go to entertainment or do I you know, pursue this career in football? I tried out for the football team. The first scrimmage, I get hurt. No. And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> okay, Hollywood God. it is. And so from that moment... To this, I never looked back. And so people wanted me to, you know, say, oh, well, people were saying as a Christian, you can't go to Hollywood. You can't keep your faith. And my response to that was, well, how do you know? Mm. How do you know? You know, you don't know. So I said, just pray for me. Mm. So at 18 years old, I went to University of Southern California, uh, majored in business, minored in film. And the way I got my foot in the door was uh, junior year in high school. Mm -hmm. I, instead of playing basketball, because I was playing basketball as, you know, after school sport, um, yeah. I got a car. Yeah. And so I had to pay for the car insurance. So I had yeah. to get a job. So I started a job, after school job, junior year of high school. The executive director of that nonprofit where I worked, yeah. he was college roommates with a very prominent screenwriter at the time. The screenwriter that wrote set it off. Mm. So when I'm in my freshman year at USC, yeah. I meet with that screenwriter. His name was Takashi Buford. Nice. Takashi was like, you should get an internship at this company called Handprint. I said, well, what's Handprint? He said, the management company for Will Smith. I said, really? Wow. So I put in my resume. They invite me in for an interview. Yeah. I go in for the interview yeah. and, you know, hit it off. And the lady who was interviewing me, she said, why do you want to be in entertainment? Mm. And I told her, I said, because I want to make change. Mm. I said, I believe entertainment is the most powerful medium in the world. That's why I want to be a part of it. My desire to be in entertainment never had anything to do with money, prominence, fame, nothing. Mm. It just was, I knew that it helped me deal with the, the grief of my father. And I felt like I could use wow. it in a positive way to help others. At the end of the interview, she also said, what else do you want me to know? 
Now, as a Christian, I was raised observing the Sabbath. Hmm. So Friday night sundown and Saturday night sundown, I wouldn't go to school games, dances, that kind of thing. So in that moment when she says, what else do you want me to know? I felt compelled to tell her about the Sabbath. Hmm. So I tell her, I don't work. Friday night sundown, Saturday night sundown. If this internship would require me to work during that period of time, I won't take the internship. Hmm. So what I didn't know at the time was I was letting people know my faith was important. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it that way. I was yeah. just saying, this isn't yeah. important because I don't want to compromise. Right. And so she said, okay, don't worry. We can work around it. Hmm. I did that internship for four years. When I graduated, I became an assistant at Will's company. Uh, I did that for two years. I left. I became a, a junior executive at a production company hmm. for a year and a half. And then I went to MGM, the studio behind you know, the James Bond oh, yeah. franchise. Oh, yeah. So oh, I, was yeah. A, and I was a young executive there. Was there for a year and a half. And then MGM got sold to Sony Pictures Entertainment along with some other uh, you know, equity investors. Yeah. As part of that deal, myself and one other executive made the transition to Sony Pictures. Yeah. And we were executives there. So I worked on everything from Pursuit of Happiness to <laughs> The Karate Kid to uh, Jumping the Broom, Not Easily Broken, Sparkle. That's how I got to know Bishop Jakes was through my relationship with Sony. Mm. Um, 2014 comes out. I oversee a movie called Heaven is for Real. The movie makes $30 million in the first five days. <laughs> Two days after opening weekend, I go in uh, to the chairman of Sony and I quit. And I told her, I said, hey, I've been making all these movies for you all and creating this value that I can't participate in. Now it's time for me to quit. <laughs> and I want to start my own company. And I didn't say I want to. I said, I'm starting my own company. I want you to give me a deal. Mm. And she said, okay. And I started Franklin Entertainment, you know, uh, in pretty much, the, it was like pretty much the fall of 2014, beginning of 2015. First movie was uh, Miracles from Heaven. Second movie was um, The Star. Third mm. movie was Breakthrough, which just came out. Mm. And along the way, I, I've been writing. So I wrote Produced by Faith. I wrote The Weight with uh, with Megan, um, my wife, for those who don't know. Yeah. Uh, I wrote New York the Hollywood, Times bestseller. Yep, New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Um, I wrote The Hollywood Commandments and then recently The Truth About Men. So that's the journey really from a personal standpoint was just not allowing anyone else to direct my story mm. and continuously <laughs> believing in the vision that God was giving me. And the only way I knew yeah. that it was him is I had to have faith to go after it Gosh. and get confirmation. So, you know, that's what I'm always seeking, confirmation. God, I think this is you, but I'll never know unless I step in that direction. Mm. And sometimes I've stepped in a direction. Okay, that wasn't you. Okay, cool. I'll step back. I step in another direction. Oh, that is you. Too often, I think we're afraid, especially as people of faith. We're too, we're too afraid. We're mm. too afraid to listen to what we, to, to, to follow what we hear and to go after what we see here. Too often, we're like, well, I'm not sure. Or, I'm, you know, well, what's going to happen? Well, the worst that happens is you figure out that wasn't what God was doing. Okay. Move in the other direction. But don't not move. Mm. And that is what I try to live by. And I think that's why, you know, when you say, hey, I'm everywhere, it's just because I don't put any limits on myself. Mm. Some people may know me as a preacher. Some people may know me as a producer. Some people may know me as an author. Some people may know me as Megan's husband. I don't. It's how you know me is is you. Mm-hmm. I know myself, and so I don't allow other people's how they see me to to infect. I mean, to to influence how I see myself, mm. so that I say, hey, you know, I'm Devon. I'm not Devon the producer. I'm not. I mean, people put those titles, but I'm just Devon. Yeah. Period. And I think when I do that, it allows me to do things that people don't. How do you produce and you preach and I don't know. Yeah. Ask God. I'm just being me. (laughs) Well, Jay-Z said on The Breakfast Club a long time ago, he said, I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Yeah. He said, we don't have that other disease because most people don't think you can. Right. How do you do that, man? You know, here's how you do it. You do it first. It starts with making a decision on who you want to be. You know, I, I think losing my father at an early age really built the determination in me that I want to become something. I want to make a mark in the world. I want to make a positive impact in this earth, Mm. period. That's Mm. what I'm on a mission to do. Mm -hmm. 
And and knowing that, then what it does is it's like having been in situations, you know, like when I was an executive at Sony, one of the reasons why I quit is because I wasn't fully fulfilled. Mm. The job was only fulfilling a part of me. It wasn't filling all of me. Mm. But I didn't quit from an emotional standpoint. Right. You know, I had been at Sony for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, by the time I decided to quit my job and start my own company, I had been in entertainment for 18 years. Mm. So part of it also is being patient with the process. Mm. That, I think, especially in this generation, everybody wants it now. Quick. Oh, I want a, you know, I want a million followers. I want that. It takes time to build. And also, as you're building your career, you are being built. And I think that that whole idea of doing one thing at a time is like, okay, to walk and chew gum, right? you have to learn how to do that. So you have to commit to the process of success. Mm. So important. You cannot just immediately say, hey, I just want to instantly grow the tree of success. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You could have a great tree of success because of the roots mm. and the roots of the process. Mm. Commit to the process and do not be afraid to try some stuff. You got to live. Hmm. Too often, especially people faith, we don't like to live. Hmm. We're afraid. Oh, what am I going to do? How am I, am I going to make a mistake? You are. Hmm. That's part of your flesh. God knows that. Right. He knows it. <laughs> the, the burden of perfection hmm. is not something that's a requirement to follow him. Hmm. And if that is the reality, then why do we feel like, oh my goodness, if I make a mistake, it's all over. It's not. Sometimes you learn your best lessons from making mistakes. So hmm. long answer to your question, but it's through some of those things that uh, I practice that. Um, so here's what I see when I talk to you. Yeah. I see God crafting you and breaking the mold. Amen. I love that. Um, you're extremely smart, very savvy. Um, here's my question. At some point in your life, I don't know if you realize this, maybe you did. Um, at some point in your life, I'm sure you thought I'm different. When did you know you were different? Oh, man. I mean, I knew I was different, um, man, back in, you know, third or fourth grade. Really? Take me to that moment. What, yeah. what was the... I just was like, I'm just, it's, it's hard to describe. I just, I just knew that I did not fit in hmm. completely. I could fit in a little bit. Yeah, I had, you know, a good group of friends and stuff, but I just was like, I don't quite fit over here. I don't quite fit over there. You know, and it's just a hard, it's hard to describe, but I knew mm, that. I mm. said, okay, I'm different. And that difference followed me in middle school, followed me into high school. Um, you know, I was, I was very well known in high school. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say I was popular. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like I wasn't the, I mean, people knew me. Everybody knew me. I mean, I was student body president. I was, you know, president of my class and all that. But. I, I, just, I don't think I was like, the, like everyone wanted to hang out with me. It wasn't yeah. that. Because yeah. I knew that I wasn't everyone's taste. Hmm. Um, and so I think early on, understanding that actually prepared me for, for my career. Because there are moments when it is, you're like, okay, I've been in meetings. I'm like, okay, I'm not fully Hollywood. I'm not fully the church. I'm a little bit of all of it. Right. And uh, that's hard. You know, this ain't easy. Uh, but yeah. because I've had comfortable being uncomfortable, I've, I've had experience being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. it's actually allowed me to, to, to do it, I think, more successfully. Wow. To even now, where it's like, you know, it's very interesting to me. You know, we were talking before we started rolling, like the opportunity to speak at Global, Global Leadership Summit. That's right. The opportunity to preach at Lakewood. The opportunity to speak at Essence. Right. Right. So all of these different things, Oprah the opportunity to be on show. Yeah, I mean, Oprah, it's... Dr. Oz, like, 
that comes from owning the difference. You know, in, in my book, The Success Commandments, owning the difference. Uh, there's a chapter that says your difference is your destiny. Woo, and that's what on. I had to learn. I had to learn that, that, that the more I harness that difference, the more doors open. Hmm. But the moment I try to be, and I've tried that, man, I've tried it. It's the, it is the most painful thing to try to be something that others want you to be mm. that you're not. Mm. And when I did that, man, I wasn't happy. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, what I believe in my career and life, and I think it's the same for others, is this. A lot of times we wonder why certain things aren't happening in our career. Hmm. And I believe it's because God knows if he totally allows for an increase in that area of your career, you may think that's what all you're supposed to do. Hmm. So for me, there were times when I was like, oh man, I want to become the president of production at Sony, da 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 da. And when movies would work and become successful, make a lot of money for the company, I wouldn't get promoted. Hmm. I would get held back. And I would say, God, what, what, what are happened? you doing? Right. There'd be times in my office, I'd be crying, like, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. Wow. But what I realized is he was like being very strategic with me saying, no, because if I allow them to promote you at the rate you wanted to be promoted, you would then put all your energy and focus into becoming the best executive you can be. Hmm. And you would miss writing the book. Hmm. You would miss speaking. Why did I write the, my first book, Produced by Faith? Out of frustration. <laughs> I was frustrated. Right. Because things right. were not happening in my career at the speed I wanted and I needed an outlet to create so that I could endure mm. the rigor of the job and just be patient with the pace. Because I knew God, had, God hadn't called me to leave at that time. Right. But I was so frustrated. I was like, okay, I've got to have something in my life that I can control because like I can't control this. It was like therapy. So if, if everything was moving in my career the way I wanted, I would have never been frustrated enough to write the first book. Hmm. And I would have never discovered that, oh, I'm an author too. Hmm. I didn't know I was an author. So <laughs> I started writing. Yeah. Out of frustration. Yeah. So even with movies, you know, like, okay, my latest film breakthrough, like it did very well, very well. Of course. Um, but I wanted it to do better. Mm. And so I, I would say, okay, God, like, why would you? And it was the same thing. Because Devon, if I let these movies right now pop off so big, you're going to devote all your attention to that. Mm. You're, you're not, you're going to miss the other areas in your life. I'm trying to build stretch. out. Yeah. So I'm going to give you enough success. Mm. I'm going to give you enough success so that it is successful. Because that is a part of your calling, but it's not all of it. Mm. So, you know, it's deep, man. It's I deep. It's the truth. And I, and I really try wow. to help people in that area wow. to understand that God is in it. But don't use your frustration. Um, you can use your frustration in a positive way. <laughs> if certain things are being held back, why? What are you supposed to lean into that you otherwise wouldn't? And in, and in those moments, you really discover who you are. Mm. I want to talk to you about dreams. Men, and we're done. All right. When you think about somebody like Devon Franklin. Okay. Married to Megan Good Franklin. <laughs> yes. Movies, Oprah. I mean, all the things that were, it's like, I, I don't, can I ask you how old you are? Yeah, I'm 41. 41. Yeah. Young. Man. <laughs> and you've accomplished so much. It's like, you wonder what, what else can they do? I mean, so when, like, when you think about you and Megan as a, as a team, as a couple, and both of y'all are successful. What's the dream for the Franklins? Yeah. Um, What's the like yeah, yeah. big state? Yeah, I mean, I think the dream for us is to you know walk even fuller in our individual and collective purposes, and uh, you know what that looks like. I think we're still trying to see what that looks like, but mm. <clears throat> part of it is um, 
you know, we, we, it's like the first seven years have been, you know, us just figuring out what it's like to be married. I get it. I'm, I'm three years in. Right. right. So you I know, get man. It. You right. know. Um, so it's like, man, every day you just try to figure this thing <laughs> yeah. out. I don't know. I'm trying. Right. The counselor um, becomes your best friend. Totally. Oh my God. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, the, the dream is to walk more fully in our purpose, to impact more people and to really allow our gifts to flourish. Mm. And and to continue to have opportunities to do that, yeah. Um, y- you know, and to be truthful. Mm. And that's, I think that's the goal. We never want the persona to um, disrupt the person. Yeah. And so we're really mindful of like you know staying in touch with each other, you know, talking because we don't want we're not living for the public. Mm-hmm. We don't mind sharing with the public, but we're not living for that. Right. Uh, we're living for purpose. We're yeah. living for God. We're living for impact. Mm-hmm. So the goal in the next, you know, the dream would be to continue to have an impact and to let that grow. Mm-hmm. So then the next seven years, we're like, whoa, we didn't even know it was going to look like this. This right. is amazing. Yeah. That's the, that's the, yeah. that's the dream. Do you have any individual dreams? That's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she really wants to continue to, you know, build in the action space as an action hero and there's something that's very, she's very passionate about. Um, you know, she really also wants to continue to, you know, grow as a brand. And, uh, you know, do more branding yeah. uh, opportunities and, you know, continue to be a, a light for young women. That's something that's really, yeah. she's really passionate about. And, um, you what know, about look, you? Yeah, what? for me, man, yeah. I mean, look, I, I really, my, where my heart is, is media. Yeah. You know, and really harnessing the power of all these things that I've been doing into a, a stronger media opportunity, whether mm-hmm. that's hosting my own show. Wow. You know, or something like that. Yeah. Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's the dream. You heard it here first. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like we, I just did a thing uh, here at Global United um, where I was, I basically hosted a conversation with Dondre Whitfield, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, it was powerful. I did the same thing at Essence uh, with our wives, where they were there, and uh, and so I, I really love that because I've had so much been experience wow. in entertainment, in ministry with people that to bring all that together. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about. And that's that's a dream of mine to figure out what that looks like. I don't yeah. know, but that's where I'm going. I'm going to media because people come to me every day. Wow, every day. Thank you for what you're doing on social media. Your prayers, your inspiration, your information are helping my life, and they want it daily. They want more of it. So mm. I think there's a real need wow. to figure something out like that. Wow. What that is, I don't know. Right. Don't wait to see. <laughs> the Devon Franklin show. Bam. There it is. <laughs> Coming to you. Coming to you. Coming to your soon. living room soon. But that that would seriously be incredible. Yeah, thank you. you I'm need excited to pursue about that. It. Okay. You, well, well, you right. know, you're saying it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to. I want to. Okay. Touch hands, All right. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, last question, men. Yes. You you've got a message for men right yes. now. Yes. Is there another book coming? And if there is, you know, what's your message right yes. now? To so men? the message yeah. to men right now. I have a book out book out called The Truth About Men. Yep. What men and women need to know. That's right. And the truth about men is that every man has a master and a dog in them. Master is love. The dog is lust. Yeah. And for us to be the men we were called to be, we yeah. have to master the dog within. We have to put love in control of lust. Love is selfless. Mm. Lust is selfish. Mm. Lust is, is more than just a desire for sex or women. Um, you know, it's basically a desire for selfish fulfillment, whatever that fulfillment may be. It puts self over anything else. Mm. And when we operate in lust, we become what that lust makes us, mm. which I believe uh, we aren't dogs, but we can behave like one, which right. is, you know, a dog only wants pleasure for pleasure. Right. It resists discipline, right? It only wants its needs met. And when we as men give ourselves over to lust, that's how we become. 
We only seek pleasure for pleasure's sake. Mm. We only want life on our terms. Uh, we we don't communicate. Mm-hmm. We we are aggressors. Yeah. And so uh, in this book, I talk about here's how we can become the master. Here's how we can become that love that we have. Here's how we do it. We do it through communication. We do it through being honest. We do it through, you know, understanding that yo, uh, if I'm if I'm silent, I, I'm going I'm going to suffer. Mm. I have to talk as a man. We have to talk. You know, not every man has it. We don't have it all together. And it's okay to admit that I'm in a war. I'm in a war between my spirit and my flesh. And I, and I wrote the book. I didn't write the book from like, hey, here's how you can do it. I'm like, yo, here's how I'm working on this. I married one of the most beautiful women in the world. Didn't take the dog away. Right. There's <laughs> dogs right there every day. Every day, man. That lust is right there. Right. So, right. so but, but too often, one of the reasons I wrote this book is too often in the church, we, we, are, we are breeding a culture of liars. Mm. Of, of people that, that you, you talk about, people say, oh, actors in Hollywood. But at least you know they're acting. Right. <laughs> in the church, there's, there's more acting going on in the church than there is in Hollywood. Woo. And don't nobody know when you're calling action or cut. It's the truth. You're going in. And that's why I wrote the book. You're going in. Because especially as men in the church, we're not being truthful. We're not being honest. And the church no longer is a place where you can say, yo, I'm struggling. Because what happens? You mm-hmm. admit you're struggling. You got to sit down. You got to sit down. You're going to be vilified. You're going to be judged. Don't be so, imperfect. Don't be imperfect. Everyone's got to. Pre- <laughs> but where? Where in the Bible does it There's, say present an image of perfection? Yeah. No. Jesus says, yeah. in your weakness, I am made strong. strong. I'm strong. Period. Yes. yes. So I wrote this book because I'm, playtime is over. We got to start building more accountability, more authenticity, and more truth in our culture. Why are people leaving the church? It's not because of Jesus. People love Jesus, but they can't find the truth in the church because everybody acting like we got it together. We don't. We all struggle. That isn't, that's not to condone the struggle, but it's to admit, yo, it's here. Mm. We are spirit and flesh mm-hmm. and they war every day. And it's okay to admit, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm holy. I want to be holy, but yo, I struggle. Mm-hmm. And just by admitting it, we give ourselves power to, 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 to conquer it. So that's the book. And that's the message I'm passionate about. I got to ask you this. We're done. I got to ask you this. We're done. Yes. What does the future of the church look like? With that being said. Here, here's the future of the church. Here's on, the future of the church. Us, here's please. the future of the church. It's two paths. One, if we continue on the path that we're on, the church will go the way of the eight track. <laughs> It once was the only way that people knew, Mm. but now Mm -hmm. it's so outdated Mm -hmm. that most don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. Or we can say, okay, how do we begin to mirror? People people forget Christianity was not a religion. It was a movement. Mm. What was the movement based upon? An personal experience with Christ. Mm. And and how how is this message still alive today? Because those that knew Christ going all the way back had such a transformative experience. They kept talking about it. The Roman Empire tried to kill it. They couldn't kill it. So what they do? They said, we got to co-opt this religion because mm. we they didn't even know what to call it. Mm. All these people following this guy who's dead, who said that he was raised from, that he, who died, who said that he raised from the dead. We can't stop him from worshiping. Mm. We can't stop him from saying his name. Mm. So we better join him because Whatever they experience they're having is so powerful that even when we kill them, more come to the church, more come to follow him. Mm. 
So to me, the future can be getting back to our roots, mm. getting back to expressing an authentic experience because we're having an authentic experience with him. And what is that authentic experience? It's truth. Mm. It's love. Mm. It's passion. And it's no judgment. Mm. And when we get there, the church not only will survive, it'll thrive. We, we can tarry until he comes when we do that. But if we keep making people live in a box Come where on. they are judged, they're not loved. Mm. We, because we're, we're, we're no longer in the generation where do what I tell you to do because we and we do it. That's not that generation anymore. So this generation like, why? Help me understand. Mm. And when we don't break down the relevance of a relationship with Christ personally, and we only focus on the religion. To me, religion is the vehicle to God and to Jesus, right? We worship the vehicle instead of worshiping the destination. And if we teach the vehicle worship, it's gonna, the car is going to get outdated. Mm. But when we talk about the destination, and here's why it's relevant. That's why I do everything I do. Because I can talk to somebody like, yo, here's why it's relevant to have a relationship with Jesus. Here's why it's important to have faith. Everything you see me do, I'm doing it because I'm using my faith. It, my relationship with him is opening these doors. I am a governor. I'm, this new, next year, I am a governor for the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. The most influential uh, a body of people in all of Hollywood. That's right. You see the Oscars? Yep. The Oscars, behind the Oscars, there's a, a board of governors that helped chart the course of the Academy and the industry at large. The, 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 the head of the academy said, we need Devon Franklin as a governor at large. You do know I'm Christian. <laughs> yes, you do know I'm black. Yes, we need you. It's never happened before. Mm. There's, it's never happened. Why is this important? Because we want to put Jesus over here in a box instead of saying, okay, how do we open him and open ourselves? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But we can't put it in a box. We have to wear these things. We have to wear this relationship in a way that is real and that people can see it. We don't live in a tell me generation. We live in a show me generation. So when you see my life, I want you to see the success. And then you say, well, how's it happening? Oh, because you're connected to Jesus. This is what Christians look like. Oh, it's not a can't do religion. It's not a can't do relationship. It's a can do. I want that. Mm. Jesus could have chosen any way to reach people, any way. What did he do? Predominantly, in addition to instruction and teaching, mm -hmm. he performed miracles because people need to see Signs it. And wonders. People need to see it. So for us as believers, for other people to be compelled to know him, we have to be the billboard. And it's not going to be about what, what I say. People want to see it. How are you living? How is your success? What is your life like? Wow. So that's what it looks like to be a Christian, to have peace, mm. to have success, to have influence. Sign me up. If we can do that, the church will survive. Here's the promise I'm making to you. Yes. I'm pushing this interview all around the world. <laughs> all right. Here's the promise I'm making. I okay. Mark my word. Yes. 
It's going to be all around the world. All right. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Can you pray for the church? Yeah, of for course. Us? Absolutely. And we're done. Absolutely. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you to the Lord uh, right now. You said we're two or three are gathered. You'd be in our midst. So thank you for being in our midst. We pray for every single viewer, every single listener right now. Let them know that this is a divine appointment. This isn't just something they randomly stumbled on or turned on to. This was yes. a divine appointment. Something in their spirit told them. You were drawing them, dear Lord, to watch this. Why? Because something that was said, you needed them to know. Hmm. And here's what I want them to know through this prayer, that they are loved, yes. that you care about them, yes. there's an incredible purpose for their life, and if they would just get closer to you, you will bring them closer to everything they dream about. Hmm. It all starts with you. Let us never chase the thing that's in your hand at the expense of going for your hand. Give us your hand, Lord. I want everyone listening to this prayer to know that your hand is available to them. Thank you, Jesus. And for them to reach out and grab it and never let it go. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier and the incredible <laughs> Devon Franklin. Look out for his new network television show. Uh, no, there we go. We're make, speaking it. I'm speaking it speaking now. It is, that's right. And remember Prophetic. this. When your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. We'll Amen. talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Yeah. Just for me. Many doors you've closed. Just for me. Sometimes you will say no. So I'll be. Tested in your fire. To purify my desires. So my blessings won't be. Just for me.
like is like listening to a greater story with your host sam collier don't forget to subscribe on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher or any other podcast directory if you like what you hear leave a five-star review a greater story with your host sam collier distributed by american urban radio networks without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.